0: Hey, in this video, I'm breaking down what to do after you have a late diagnosis of autism. All that's coming up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Aspie world. My name is Dan. I have autism, ADHD, OCD, and dyslexia, and I make weekly videos about this type of content. So if you're new around here, you stumbled across this video and you want to learn more, consider hitting that subscribe button by clicking the notification bell. So you know when I upload videos. Also, if you're watching on Facebook, be sure to hit that like and follow button. To see daily videos on this channel. In this video, I'm breaking down three of the most effective things to do after you have an autism diagnosis later on in life, that probably no one's ever spoken to you about. <gasps> Okay guys, it's been a hot minute. Oh, it's good to see everybody back here watching one of my videos. Again, you guys are amazing. And uh, I have a lot of questions about this hat. I actually made this hat myself, but this is a trial version of some merch I've got coming out. So if you want to keep in touch with me about this, go over to my Instagram and Twitter and hit me up, give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll know exactly when these hats become available. And also I do videos on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, make sure you do that. Okay, guys. I would like to know, are you a person who had a late diagnosis of autism? Are you looking for somebody else? Please pop it in a comment down below. I read and respond to every single comment. So please do that right now. Also, if this video can help somebody. Why don't you tag them in the comment section of wherever you're watching this video It's on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, because that would really help me reach them and maybe. We can help them out as well. Okay. So I was diagnosed with autism later on in life. And I mean, later on in life and not like the latest, I mean, I'm not in my seventies or eighties, but I mean like when I was a kid, I had some, you know, diagnosis and issues of things that were, you know, issues in my life. My parents took me to different doctors and stuff, but they couldn't really diagnose me back then because the experts and the expertise needed to diagnose somebody on the autism spectrum back in like the late eighties, early nineties was kind of, well, just non-existent where I lived in, in Wales and so because that they were able to not do it. So I just had to go through school and all those things and kind of like struggle a bit. But when I got to my twenties, eventually I went to to down the process and got to the right doctors and I got a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome and ADHD and OCD, kind of like a comorbid. Now, uh, and comorbid means like, you know, together, co-occurring all all together at once. Um, And so that was kind of like an eye-opener for me. And I remember thinking, as soon as I got my diagnosis, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what do I do now? How do I, where do I go from here? What do I do? I don't know anything about autism. I mean, the closest I've got to knowing anything about autism was uh, watching Rain Man with Tom Cruise, and um, I was like, "Well, you know, that's not even autism, that's savant syndrome." So I was completely in the dark about it. And then I didn't know how to, you know, what do I do socially? You know, do I, do I, do I you know, do I walk around with like a badge saying, "Hey, like, I have an autism special condition. Or, I've just been diagnosed with autism." Or, do I phone my friends up and tell them, like, you know, what do you do? You know, it was very difficult. And it's like, so the first thing I did when I got home is I went and I told my, my everyone in my house, my parents, because I was living at home with my parents at the time, and then I to my brother, and my brother said, "Yeah." That's obvious. And he was like, he said that I reminded him of Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. Um, which is funny because I was doing a degree in chemistry at the time. And so there was a bunch of things that happened after that. And I feel like it's valuable that I share this information with you because like you'll get more from that, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go through like three of the things that I think are a top priority to do after you have an autism diagnosis later on in life. And the thing is, it's going to be, uh, you know, um, used, even if you have a kid who's on the spectrum and then they get diagnosed and you know, what to do next, you know, it's, it can be applied to anybody, but specifically, um, I, I wanted to do this for people who've had a late diagnosis, um, but it is compatible. Don't don't worry. <sighs> all right, let's get on. Okay. So number one is outreach. Now you're thinking, damn. what does outreach mean? Basically there are, um, different places, uh, all over the world that will have Autism support groups, autism kind of charities, autism, um, social gatherings, social clubs, events, talks, lectures, get group meetings. There's a bunch of things that are happening. And what you need to do is, is reach out to these immediately. I didn't reach out to these immediately and I wish I did because when I did eventually reach out to them and then I went to meetings and stuff like that. And I went to like lectures and things, It was just amazing. You pay like a couple of, you know dollars or a couple of pounds to, to attend the meetings. And then you kind of get to enjoy other activities. Now, the beauty of this is that it opens you up to support in your local areas that you would never have even thought about before. And the support is almost like you feel a relationship with those people because they have the similar traits and similar conditions to you. So you can kind of like, you understand each other way more. And then you feel less alone, less isolated. That was like one of the first things when I got diagnosed, I felt isolated. I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this alone nobody's gonna get me you, you know you know what i mean it's, it's kind of like a, an unusual feeling because you feel like that's it you know it is it just me doing this all on my own so um i i kind of reached out and i, and I joined an asperger's social club group people um and it was amazing it was it was probably one of the best things ever And we did we went to different meetings all over you know by local area and went to different talks um we saw people from like just amazing people talking and it was so good, right? So I would highly recommend doing that for a few things. Just go to Google, type in like local autism or Asperger's support groups, and then type in like local support groups for mental health and autism. And you'll find a list of different things, right? Especially on Facebook. Facebook is probably one of the best ones to go to. I would highly recommend going to Facebook, typing this in and seeing what happens. Okay. So number two, therapy. Now people can get kind of super scared when you hear the word therapy, like, oh my goodness, you know, therapy, like marriage therapy. It's like this thing that you mean, like, you know, if you're going to therapy, you're admitting defeat and it's not like that, not at all. So therapy, uh, you've got to think about it in a way as, um, you know, if you want to relax and you want to go to a beauty therapist, you go there and you have relaxation therapy, or you go somewhere and you have beauty therapy, or you go to a gym for body therapy, right? Th- therapy isn't a bad thing. It's just the way that people look at it in terms terms of like mental health and neurological conditions. They feel it's like a, Ooh, scary thing, but it's not. First thing I would have done back then, which I did eventually do is I would look for therapists in my local community on my local health board. I'd contact my health board and ask them if I can have access or referrals to therapists to help me because regardless of when you were diagnosed, you will always have had issues and, uh, other, you know, ups and downs in your life that, you know, you'll need help and support with. And a therapist can help you with that. So therapy from autism, you can have psychological intervention. Um, you can have like uh, counseling. There's also kind of behavioral therapies. Some people are on the fence about it. Some people don't like it. Some people do like it. It's all down to personal preference. And of course, which type of therapy that you want to, to kind of use, but there are a bunch of different ones out there. I did actually do a video on autism therapies and I will leave a link for that in uh, the card above here and I'll try and link it in the description below. So you can see that. And I'll put it also on the end card so that you don't miss it, but in terms of uh, autism therapies there are a bunch of different ones around and I' will you know leave that video to explain it because I did a video all about those therapies but I think that by by hitting the ground running, you know, looking for support, looking for therapy, looking for camaraderie from like groups and stuff like that. You are becoming like, it's a problem shared, a problem halved, basically. And that's the kind of whole idea and the consensus with this kind of information that I'm giving you right now, because you don't want to feel alone. You don't want to feel isolated. And you don't want to feel like you're the only person going through any of this stuff and that you're, you're, hopeless because that's not, it's not the case. Not the case at all. I'm here. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So number three is be open. Like Dan, what are you talking about? How can I, how can I, what, what do you mean? Be open? What does that mean? I'm saying to be open and honest with friends and family. So when, you know, when I was diagnosed, one of the things that I, I kind of, I don't know, I didn't do it straight away, which I wish I did do it, is that like my friends, uh, they would say, do this, do this. And then and I wouldn't want to do that. And we get into arguments about stuff. Cause I didn't want to do those things cause I'd feel uncomfortable going somewhere with my extreme social anxiety and stuff like that. And then they'd just think that I was just being a lazy, you know, idiot. And they just thought I didn't want to do those things cause I was just being miserable. Well, you know, if I'd have said to them at the time, oh guys, look, I'm actually on the spectrum and I need you to just respect the fact that like, this is uncomfortable for me and then it would have been so much more understanding. So it's kind of like my own fault. I like, didn't tell them. Right. And. With same with family members, not everybody in your family is just going to automatically know that you're on the autism spectrum. Like why would they, you know, what I mean? you have to go out there and tell them. So I would just make it a priority to tell the people that are closest to you. That you have this diagnosis and then kind of m- mention it when you see everyone else in passing, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I got a diagnosis of blah, blah, blah. And you know, so because we, <laughs> someone who's on the spectrum will obviously. Be a certain characteristic of behavior and their family members will see that. And then they will will understand that. They'll be like, oh, there's Dan, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. He does all this stuff and you know, he's got his quirks and whatever. But when you say like, oh, I've got autism, they go, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So so it's kind of like they, they don't. Um, they don't expect you to be kind of like to phone up straight away, but like, hello, I have a diagnosis, <laughs> but if you're in passing, like, oh yeah, look, well, you know, my quirks, well, it turns out I'm on the autism spectrum, blah, 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 and then they will probably have way more respect for you being completely open and honest and approachable. Imagine it, imagine, you know, if they want to ask questions about it, if they want to ask how to help accommodate you, how to best support you. So say you're going to stay in your, you know, your, your friend's house or your family member's house and they don't live near you and you go somewhere. They could then ask you, Hey, how do I best accommodate you? Um, so. I went to stay in, uh, my cousin's house in Portsmouth. I'm actually lost well, my family's from Portsmouth, but I live in Wales. And so we went to Portsmouth and I stayed with them. And, uh, you know, one of the things they said, Oh, what do you, you know, what do you want to eat, you know, we'll, we'll get anything. And then I, I said the stuff I wanted to eat and then they kind of, they made a good thing about it. They all went out and they bought loads of the stuff that I like to eat. And then we all had like big dinner as a family with the stuff that I like to eat. And I kind of felt that was super awesome. And it was so nice of them to do that. You know, they didn't have to, but they did. And that was super, super awesome. Hey, so if you think that these three tips can help somebody who's just been diagnosed or somebody who's about to be diagnosed, please share this on their Facebook page. Cause that would be amazing. And, uh, also you can tweet this out at somebody because it'd be amazing. Or you can just tag them in the post below this, if you're watching on Instagram. So without further ado, guys, I will see you in the next video.